straight out of Austin, Texas. It's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, Statesman Sports Columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 282, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. I am Cedric Golden, joined as usual by Taylor's favorite duck, Kirk Bowles. And duck, we we have to go back in time. Our very first guest six years ago was CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd. And Dennis Dodd is stupid enough to join us again. (laughs) He comes with us every year. He does it every year. Loyal. To write a passage. He's in (laughs) Vegas and whatever he told me he was at, he's going to have to explain it again because I didn't write it down. <laughs> it was like saying John Cougar Mellencamp eight times. <laughs> but why are you in Vegas, Dennis? Okay, it's Sports Business Journal and Learfield are the sponsors. We all know who Learfield is. Sports Business Journal is a trade publication. And they annually do a – it's not a convention. It's a conference at a big Las Vegas hotel with all the commissioners – all the NCA people, they invite um, special speakers in to talk about stuff. And we as media can just wade into it. You know, they're they're just there for the picking. And, and the other thing is tonight is the National Football Foundation dinner. And so all those guys are there. All, all the all the entries for 22. Barry Odom just got hired today. Right. UNLB, the old Missouri coach. So I'm going to hook up with him. Nice. Um, the problem with that thing is. I, I was on the dais in 2006 when I was president of the football writers. Kirk, you can re- relate to this. Uh, we were taking bets on over under three, three and a half hours. And it just <laughs> drags on and on yeah. and on. And you just, if you have to go to the bathroom, you're SOL. Oh, yeah. And you're on <laughs> the it, front it stage, is. too. You're on the stage, too. You're on the you stage. Got, you can't go if anywhere. You go, if you go to the bathroom, you might be SIL, like in <laughs> Because that S ain't going anywhere if you can't go. It ain't that. going anywhere. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get to it. I mean, college football. Gosh, it, it's just a blur. It goes so Blue dark. That's fast season. Uh, we'll just start with the the playoff then. Uh, college football playoff. Uh, they get it right in, in your opinion, Dennis. I think they got it right. I think they got it in order. I think the biggest story from Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday is somehow somebody convinced the networks to put Nick Saban on the air. Like <laughs> until he got on, I really, you know, it's like it, Alabama isn't a talking point in this. They've got two losses. End of right. story. They're right. not two losses. Up, two. You know, a conference champion by, you know, not a conference champion, but a TCU team, which by the way, is the only one in the country that's beaten everybody it's played in its conference because the big 12 has a round Robin. Right. No one else has done that. And their only loss is in the championship by three in overtime. So don't even come in, come with me with Alabama. I, that was my takeaway from that. Everything was because oh, I was tweeting Sunday. All right, this is you know no controversy. Here's the four. Let's right. not talk about anything else. Blah blah blah. Right. And and they put him on. Now he's done that before. Of course, it made sense. In eleven in the BCS, they got in, and seventeen, I think. And, and okay, so I could see it, but this was just a little bit too much. Yeah, over the top. He was yeah. using the bully pulpit. There's no yep, question. He was. Uh, let me ask you this: 
Go ahead, Sid. And he almost said it with a straight face. He almost <laughs> said it with a straight face. I'm sitting there going, you really do sell insurance, don't you? I mean, <laughs> all I was missing was that blue jacket and Coach uh, Prime and that freaking duck. It was probably in the room. But I'm like, what are you trying to peddle to us? People who really watch it and really follow it and, and really understand that if, if Sonny Dykes were saying for those five minutes, that TCU would have run the table this year. I mean, quarterback sneak is not against the law. I mean, the <laughs> oh, right. yeah, that was... And they win that football game. Um, but oh. I... Did he ever answer that? Did he ever, did anybody ever, ever ask him that? He, he said, he said if he had to do it over again, he'd do yeah. it differently. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you got to give it to your best player. Come on. That's it. He you got, got you down chances, there. You know, hand off five yards deep, make no sense. Well, and here's the thing. I, I thought they were already in, win or lose. And here's my question. I wrote about this on Monday. USC bailed out the committee in some respects because, say, uh, USC have won. If they had beaten Utah, then you're looking at TCU, Ohio State, both with one loss. Do you think they might have screwed TCU, Dennis? And oh. No, not I not a chance. I, no, I I don't. Uh, for the same reason, who who would you have put in there? It wasn't going to be Alabama. Uh, Ohio State uh, brand name. Oh, with Ohio State. Um, yeah. ah. no, 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 no. Again, for the for the same reason, Ohio State didn't even win its division. If we're going to go there, let's let's yeah. talk. If we're going to have divisions, let's right. let's talk about it. They didn't That's win their right. division. The lasting memory is as of them getting blown out. At home, giving up the most points to Michigan since 1946, and basically yeah. getting physically dominated. Yeah, it so, did. You know the irony of TCU getting you know left out in 14 because they didn't have a 13th data point. Oh yeah, they they, they couldn't leave them out because they that card anymore. Them. Yeah, but they probably wanted to. Of course, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Of course, if they had uh, figured, could have figured it out. If Alabama had one loss. We're not having this conversation a lot different. Oh, yeah. Alabama well, had two losses, and they still thought enough to bring Nick Saban. Don't, yeah. This was the year that we didn't need to hear from St. Nick. This was the year. They wanted some controversy, some little dose of, of controversy. That's, I think it was programming because I was yeah. I was talking to Josh Maxson, their SID, who was in Atlanta right. for the S. He, and we were talking, I go, are you going to put Nick on? And he goes, that's what I do. You know, he was thinking, those were his talking points for right, yeah. right or wrong. Yeah, and, and so he even they, mentioned the gambling. We'd be favored over all these teams. Yeah, they, they, as you were favored against Tennessee and LSU, Nick. How'd that work? And, and as you're favored by double digits over Texas, you beat them by one. As you're yeah. favored by two touchdowns over Aggie, you beat them by yeah. four. So yeah. let's, on yeah. the last play of the game, I was there. It went down the last play of the game and it's a bad a and M team, yeah. So don't, not yeah. not a vintage, not a vintage Alabama team, and uh, the Big Ten to me is very down this year. I mean, Penn State's going to the Rose Bowl, and yeah, it's to be an average Penn State team. Yeah. So, well, uh, no one's. Ta- I I don't know if this makes sense, but no one's talking about Clemson. They lost by one to South Carolina, and they were prohibitively favored in that game. Right. If they win that game, we're not. They're in. Yeah, I think so. Ahead, ahead of Ohio Absolutely. State as a conference champion, right? As, as mediocre as they were this year, and you know ifs and if ifs and nuts. But um, you know what, though, Dennis, uh, Dabo cost them there. 
You got to yeah. get DJ out of there the week before in the South Carolina. Yeah. Eight of 29. Sure. Yeah. And, and Cade Klubnik, Kirk and I, are we know that kid. He's from Austin. He won state he? championships at Westlake. Westlake. He came in wow. and saved their bacon in, a, in another game previously. Uh, I can't remember which game, but he lifted DJ and Cade came in and, and led him to a win. He, if he had done it against South Carolina, I'm not saying they would have won, but – I know right. the kid wouldn't have gone eight of 29. I mean, no. good luck to whoever gets DJ in the portal. That guy is inaccurate. I mean, he just well, can't out of a bar. Somebody, there's potential there because we've seen it. Mm-hmm. We saw it two years yeah. ago. The passing record against Notre Dame flashes in the last two seasons, just the inconsistency. He needs to go to some sort of a place where there's a quarterback guru. guru. Go to Jeff George Whitfield. Go to Tom House. They're out Jeff there. Jeff Tedford at Fresno. Jonathan yes. Smith at Oregon State. There's there's a million of these guys because the Steve problem. Sarkeesian. No, just kidding. Just kidding. no. no. Problem. <laughs> he's got his own problems. Because um, it's like he's he's you know as soon as he throws one bad, it's like oh no here here we go again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say. He ought to go to Colorado, but I think that position's already filled, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> How about as, that? As a, as the Colorado players know, what a uh, sideshow! What you a saw the video, show. right, of him addressing oh, yeah. the teachers. Go, those yeah, players. Their jaws are like this. They're they're just hanging out. Like, do I have a spot on the team? No, like no, he don't. <laughs> don't. Mean, He's going to make Lincoln Riley and USC look like child's play flipping that <laughs> roster. He's just. <laughs> but in one breath, he's like, he's uh, like, God sent me here. In the next breath, okay, go jump in the portal. There's no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Did God tell you that too? Did God tell yeah. you to kick him in the portal? It's, uh, the biggest it's not story. Going to be there. As easy as he thinks. I'm sorry. The biggest story there, or the biggest angle there to me is that Colorado sold its soul. I think Dion can coach, and I've been told yeah. he can coach by people who know. But CU did this, and it's not that okay. They're one and eleven, and they're desperate. I get that, but they're relaxing their transfer rules. They're allowing players who came to Colorado, a lot of them, to get an education. That's a pretty prestigious yeah. university, and they're out the door. Uh, Rick George has admitted he doesn't have the money to pay Dion, but he's going to get it. Ooh. So when they write, when we write the book, us three on the history of the NCA going from an amateur model to a pro model, that's going to be the second chapter right there, these last two days. He may have to raid a couple of dispensaries in Boulder get that <laughs> money right. raised. I mean, or I'm sure there's some cash on hand. He can use his <laughs> NFL he pension. He's got to know where to look. I said he brought, he, brought the, he brought the street to Pearl Street, Dion. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, oh and you know, God. on a serious note, I'd be pissed if I'm a player – and I am a serious uh, yes. student and want to get my degree from there, you yeah. know. And, and here he's saying this, or a parent, and I bet I bet that turned a lot of people off. And well, I'm going to disagree with you on that, Doug. If you're a real player and you've been busting your butt and you're pretty good, and yeah, you've been slacking. He wasn't talking to you. Yeah, he was talking to those other clowns. Wait a minute. What, what do you mean clowns if they're if they're there for an education? Yeah, there, there's a talent. When did, you, when did football and education go hand in hand? What are you smoking? Have I'm just saying, if I am a player. The last couple of weeks, quit I'm pretending just, that these guys are there for an education. Some are. Play football and go to the league. How many Colorado degree, players are going to the league? And if you get a degree on top of that, Colorado sent plenty of guys to the league. Now. I mean, now. 
And get the skids. That doesn't mean they can't get back there. But if you're one of those guys that's that's in Glee Club and you're dressing out for football every weekend, I don't want you playing for me either. You can get your ass to the portal. You're spoken like a guy who's not a football player, duck. He don't. Deion Sanders is, is is used to winning, and it's going to take a while. But I'm telling you, if there are some good football players in that locker room, I don't think he was talking to them. I thought he think he was talking to the guys who can't play and who are really putting in the work. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But to be yeah. that open, blatantly open about running them off, yeah. You know, well, I, just, I didn't like that. I thought that was he a bad said. Look. That's what I'm talking about. I yeah, did. what he said in that meeting has been said a thousand times, just not out in the open. Not right. in front of the camera. You, you know yeah. it has. And sure. there's there's an emergency exit row rule that exists in the NCAA that you can you can basically cut guys from the roster and they don't I, I don't think they count as scholarships as long as you honor their scholarships. And that's what Lincoln Riley did last year in turning over that roster. And then you say, well, yeah, but they're not going to stay. Eight of them did at USC. They stayed to get a USC education and didn't play football. Did so that was open to those CU players. But the Colorado can't afford them, can they? Yeah, does that count against their numbers? No, it doesn't because it, it oh, turns wow. into – yeah, because that – and that that's another whole argument because start, I think it starts this year. The 25 rule goes out the window, and you just have to not surpass 85. So if you're 40 behind, you can sign 40. Wow. And this is kind of a two-year experiment uh, following COVID to let people catch up. We'll see how it goes. Right. Well, how does that AD let it slip that he doesn't have the money to pay him? Why are you hire him if you don't have the Why money? would you say it out loud? I know. That is dysfunctional. <laughs> go, I work at a newspaper, rate. and that's dysfunctional. <laughs> I mean, it really is. <laughs> Maybe Coors will step forward and they'll pay for it. Maybe right. So yeah, maybe Snoop will help him. And well, no, they've got uh, Colorado is one of the few schools has a gambling sponsor. Like they're all going to get one eventually. They've got a gambling sponsor on their basketball floor, um, and so maybe maybe they can bet on it. Do they have a marijuana sponsor? That's the question. Wow. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's hit the Heisman. Um, what did you yeah. think about the four finalists? Uh, Steve J. Stroud, Max Duggan, Caleb Williams, Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I thought, you know, the, the Heisman Trust only invites the guys based on the voting to that point who have a chance, basically have a chance of winning. But I thought it got really jumbled over the weekend where Caleb Williams was the front runner and lost. Um, before that, C.J. Stroud was a front runner and lost. Right. Max Duggan made a Heisman, several Heisman moments in a losing game. Um, and then what do you do with Stetson Bennett, who to me deserves a, a trip. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the second leading passer in the SEC, believe it or not. And, with just and, 20 touchdown passes. Right. And we just, and we haven't even talked about um, Hendon Hooker and Blake Corum, you know, right. both out for the year with injuries, but boy, they would have been right there. Had they been B. John here. Robinson. Was- B. John Robinson. He's terrific. Alan Hines. They I mean, need to give uh, they need to give Bennett the lifetime achievement award. You know, Cecil B. DeMille lifetime achievement that, award. That might be it. I'll um, tell you this about Stetson, and I, I I I love the entertainment business, and this is a TV production. He has a great story that they're going to be able to tell in full. 
during that mm-hmm. telecast. He's a walk-on. Nobody really wanted him. He's undersized, not a big arm. Uh, pros, pro scouts aren't salivating over Stetson Bennett. He's just a hell of a college football player, and he's a hell of a story, and he just happens to be at the helm of the team that's going to win the national championship. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I think I think it's ideal, and I'm glad he got enough votes that uh, we could tell his story, but I, I'm sure he'll probably finish fourth. He's got to finish fourth. I, was, uh, I will say this. He went from game manager to again you know he's yeah a a playmaker i mean the guy he's well protected he hardly ever feels pressure you know it's it's hard for most people to name two georgia receivers Uh, (laughs) he does a heck of a job and is is has a chip on his shoulder the size of cleveland i mean still (laughs) in his own locker room I, i heard that he that his, uh, his offensive coordinator dressed him down after the national championship game for missing reads last year in the locker room. Like, what wow. is that all about? He that's what they won. Yeah, who cares? That's out of the Saban book, you know. Yeah. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's been sacked once in the last six games Yeah, I read, I read somewhere. So, yeah, they've, that's a great program. And I guess Georgia – is Georgia the new Alabama? They're, they're getting their mini dynasty going uh, 15 in a row – um, the defense that lost six first round draft choices and 15 overall, both records right, right there statistically where it was last year, very intimidating. Um, and it doesn't look like any of it's going to end anytime soon. I mean, it being Georgia. And as I, I wrote at some point during the season that, you know, it, and if you don't believe that Kirby's got 25 years on Nick. So, you know, Nick's Nick's at the end. Who's going to take over? Yeah, I think Nick's head's about to explode with with George all this and, other stuff. And Kirby and NIL and transfer portal. This is like oh, it was the worst thing ever happened to Nick Saban was was the transfer portal <laughs> and NIL. Oh, that man. fourth guy that they would always get that fourth five star is someone else's number one. They they just lost they lost six guys that I know of, including Tommy Brockermeyer, who oh, was yeah. a five Local. five star slam dunk from Texas, right? Right. Um, uh, two years ago, so he's gone. I don't know who's going to play quarterback. I think they're going to have to import a, a transfer to play next year. Yeah, uh, I don't, don't know. Milrose, Milrose athletic, but boy, I don't know. He, yeah, I don't know. Trust um, him. He, he probably will he, go down the portal. And they look. don't have a receiver to take the top off, uh, right. which they've had for about 10 or 12 years. Long time. One after the other with Julio Jones starting it. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. The, we're in the uh, coaching carousel part of the season. Uh, anything that surprised you? I was a little surprised Matt Rule took Nebraska because I don't think it's a great job anymore. And I think probably the best hire was probably Luke Fickle for Wisconsin. Yeah. What do you make of all that? Well, aside from Dion, obviously. But right. uh, I thought Rule, when when Nebraska came open in September, I had Matt Rule at the top of the list. I said, this guy makes yeah. sense. Definitely. And then he conveniently got fired. And two weeks ago, he turned him down. There was a problem with um, his buyout and the offset and all that jazz, yeah. which they, you know, he wants to retain as much money as he can, which they got fixed. What I didn't know uh, was that he wanted to coach next year. I, I was under the impression he was going to sit out. Yeah. But when they got him, I thought it was great because the great hire tried everything. We know that. This guy's got a track record of, you know, rehabbing houses and, uh, you know, two of the worst Baylor in the middle of that scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then Temple as bad as they were. And I just dismissed the NFL. There's been one coach in the last 20 years who succeeded in, in the NFL from college, and that was Pete Carroll. And so, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy yeah. before him. Nick Saban yeah. didn't succeed. Well, yeah. He throws Switzer a bone. He won a Super Bowl. but Well, I'm talking about the yeah the last, last 20, 20 years. It just no it just like since 2000. Yeah. Yes, it's just been Pete. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm glad. I, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's close. I'm three hours away. I want to go see him. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Great. I, did you guys see the press conference? No. I, I'll tell you what, Dion and him are tied for different ways. He's the son of a preacher, <laughs> and he had no notes. Actually, he had crib sheet, but he he would look down for topics. Yeah. And I forget the, the, the line of the offseason is still, uh, it's, we're down, it's hard, but it's going to get done or something like that. You know, everything's yeah. hard, but it's going to get, and people just, you know, <laughs> I, just, Lincoln. I just worry if Scott Frost. Mr. Oh, I know. Look, Hey, if he can't get it done. I don't know if Matt rule can, cause he's never been that part of the country. You and know, I already thought he might get Lance Leipold or Chris Kleiman and maybe they were the I, fallback candidates. I think they talked to them um, yeah. both. And, you know, the shine came off of, Leipold a little bit when he started right. five and zero and ended up six and six. Still a great job, but right. and climbing, good lord, they boy, what a hire by Gene Smith to replace big, big time Bill Snyder um, and yeah. sticking with him. Yeah, and he, he was he was a builder at North Dakota State and developmental guy. And look what they've got they've got a backup quarterback. Deuce Vaughn is the, the best uh, un not unknown, but one of the most underrated underappreciated. Players. Underappreciated players in the country. They've got an all American. There's a guy on defense that's an all American. He was on our team today. Felix. He's got one of those long names I can't pronounce. Yeah, you Felix, and then I, then, I, then I get blurry, but his first name's Felix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. golly, what what a job. I, yeah. I saw Matt Rule on television bef- like three days before he got that job, and I go, he's going he's gonna to be in the booth next for yeah. the rest, yeah. for next season, and then he's going to come back in 2024 and so i was kind of surprised i was surprised that that he took that job i don't know i I, i've told kirk nebraska might not be a sleeping giant it might be a dead giant yeah i i agree i don't know if they can make that he can make that work over there i just don't know the average average 17 year old doesn't know tom osborne from anything yeah they don't know him a long time ago long i thought I thought what Matt Rule might do would just see wait a year, like you were talking about, Dennis, yeah. and then see if Jimbo Fisher gets fired at AM. Yeah. Sark isn't out of the woods yet. He's only 13 and 11. So yeah. I thought he might wait and get a better job. Um, that yeah. surprised me. Yeah. I guess he just, I, I think Trev Alberts was a really good salesman in this. I don't know that, but he's turned out to be a pretty good AD. Now, you know, Scott Frost flopped on his watch. But he's done a lot, a lot good. Even though I think even basketball is better this year with uh, with Hoiberg. So yeah. um, I, I'm really impressed with him as an administrator. And then you know, if it maybe he was the difference in him coming back this year, he did something. Mm-hmm. You're out there with all the the muckety mucks and, and uh, poobahs and the conference commissioners. Can you find out for us when Texas OU are going to the SEC? Because uh, we're tired of waiting. Well, uh, Brett Yormark, he wanted to do a deal, and he's resigned to the fact it's going to be, you know, it's going to go through 25. 
I'm hoping 24. I am still hoping 24. Yeah, I, I keep getting texts from people about that. Here's the thing. Fox would have to be made whole. They're not going to give that away. Sure. That one, that, that, not that one game, but, but their presence in the league. Yeah. They would you have, break to them off. You have to break them off. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was told there's not enough games in the new big 12 to trade for that. In other words, the, the, the inventory is just not that sexy yeah. or what they're going to get from Texas, Oklahoma. So it's not yeah. worth it for, because Fox has to, Fox has to be a willing partner in this. Sure. So we're yeah. not, so you're saying they're not, so you're, they're not sleeping on Cincinnati, central Florida. They're not, <laughs> that doesn't well, do no, in, in this situation where it's okay, we can keep these two brand names for a, two more years or one yeah. more year. I don't blame them. Well, but we can start looking at this inventory that includes Iowa State and Cincinnati and UCLA. Right. Which, which one of those games do we want? <laughs> Not that's, exactly. that's a Not it, it, you know, that whole thing. I mean, the Big Ten, the SEC just want to dwarf everybody. We all know yep. that. Are we even going to be talking about Power Five conferences? And oh, other, that's a great question. You know, yeah. is the Big 12, Pac-12, ACC? I mean. I think we saw today – I, or yesterday, I think we saw evidence of it, that little trickle down that I'm told that Jeff uh, Louisville cannot afford Jeff Brom. It's where he came from. Wow. He's wow. at Purdue where he's vastly overpaid since they since they beat Ohio State. He hasn't done squat. No, um, now they got they got, got to the yeah. champ game, but somebody had to win the West. Yeah, but they can't afford him. And that's an ACC school against a Big Ten school that is about to get, you know, $100 million per year if you add in uh, tournament and bowl revenue. Yeah. So that it's that kind of stuff I worry about in the Big 12. When it comes time for that and there's a bidding war, um, you know, the Big 12 is going to get what, uh, you know, they they think $50 million all in every year, but that's half of what those schools get. I can't even see in the Big Ten. Man. I can't even see him getting fifty. I mean, mm-hmm. like well, a- they they think they're getting what's the number thirty three, thirty three. Okay, that's more. It is technically more than they're getting now, but they think with um, basketball revenue, tournament revenue, uh, bowl revenue, and NCA distribution, that they'll be right at forty eight and maybe fifty. And if they could get there, good for them. That's yeah. great because I don't yeah. see that. I just don't see it. Yeah, no, they've um, it it helped the Big Twelve, and I talked to the TV people. The reason it happened is starting with about Baylor and Oklahoma State last year in the champ game, and there were uh, four ranked teams at one point not named Texas or Oklahoma. It gave the rights holders hope that okay, maybe this conference can do it. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is and nobody's talking about that. They got there beating Texas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. There weren't those teams to beat to get that juice from. Oh, and, you look at and TCU making the CFP is a big deal, and, and and TCU of course. So now are those are they brand names? No, no. But no. but uh, they they not me. They think there's enough there in inventory to make that number work for them. I hope they're right. At, you look at the last two years, guys. TCU K State play this year. Baylor Oklahoma State last year. Texas OU nowhere to be seen. The last few years, but it's all about eyeballs and TV. You know, we know that the twelve-team playoff is coming in a couple of years. I personally would rather have eight, but if it means more football, I'm in favor of more football. Do you like it with twelve, Dennis? 
Yeah, I do. I, I think it's about time. It, it, number one for access, the money's the money. They're going to make more money. But wouldn't it have been fun if it was this year and Tulane got in? Oh, man. Um, yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Kansas yeah, State. Yeah, would be. Can't, well, we already said Kansas State would be in. Yeah. Um, that would be really fun. And what, what it will provide that this sport has never embraced is the Cinderella factor. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not even sure that stakeholders thought about that. But the, for years, yeah. all those backroom deals and bowls and teams getting screwed because they weren't, you know, big enough brands. Mm-hmm. Um, the game, and that that is really the definition of the Rose Bowl issue. The Rose Bowl was had to understand that the game in the postseason for the first time, the games are bigger than where they're going to be played or what time. We need that time slot. If yeah. you're in, you may end up with Tulane and Iowa State. Ooh, right. It's be a sellout, and it's going to do a number on TV. So yeah. you're either in or you're out. And we yeah. got to get away from that Big Ten, Pac-12 mentality. That is in the – that's yeah. going to be in the past. Um, good luck. If you can – if the Rose Bowl can score one of those conferences in inside the playoff, great for the Rose Bowl. But uh, basically the CFP said, hey, you, either you guys are playing ball with us yeah. or we'll move on. And the Rose Bowl – Capitulated surprisingly. They had, to play they, didn't, they had no leverage. They had, they had no leverage. leverage. This started in 1998. All of us are old enough to remember when that was a big story. When they they couldn't do the BCS uh, BCS without the Rose Bowl and Pac-12 and Big Ten, and they went in kicking and screaming. Right. And that first game after 55 years of that traditional matchup was Miami and Nebraska in the championship game, and those two schools still talk about how badly they were treated. They were. They were they were treating wipe your feet before you come in from the backyard. This is the Rose Bowl. We didn't feel exactly at home, right? In 05, I mean, in in two thousand five, January, Texas, Michigan, we kind of felt like yeah. interlopers out there. I mean, we, I, I didn't really feel the welcome mat out there. Second class citizens, yeah. yeah. OU Washington State, I think one year. Oh yeah. Um, TCU, TCU, Wisconsin said you were out there. I was at that one. I was at that that one. That was epic, though. I was at that. Yeah, we were at that one. That was epic. I remember Gary Patterson coming. I was outside running around. The the interview room is huge, and I was trying Mm -hmm. to find a way in. And I ran into Patterson. They were bringing him in a back door. And he looked at me, and he goes, we just won the Rose Bowl. (laughs) That's all you need to know. That that made his career right there. That is awesome. It was cool. Hey, before we get you out of here, gotta I gotta get the national viewpoint. Do you do do you national guys think Steve Sarkeesian is gonna get it done down here in Austin? Thirteen and eleven, I think's his yeah. record. Well, look, eight and four was better than five and seven losing yeah. to Kansas. <laughs> yes, sir. So <laughs> progress. They, and and the Alabama game provides all kinds of encouragement. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm I don't think that's gonna be a for the Nationals, I don't think that's going to be a talking point in the offseason. Will no. Sarkeesian get it done? Because the arrow's pointing up. Yes, they sir. bring in Arch, you know, and whatever happens there with Quinn, I mean, that's going to be a clash point at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, you know, when, you, when you've when you got that much talent at quarterback, that's pretty good. That's a good thing. Good so, problem to have. Yeah, but that's, so there, but that's the rub. There. But yeah. that's the rub, Dennis. It's, he's an offensive wizard and quarterback. Yeah. A little iffy this year. So absolutely. And he, and he refused he to put Hudson Card in, you know. It's like win the game first, develop the we, quarterback. We talked about that on the phone because it was yep. like, 
he finally realized that Bijan Robinson can win you a lot of games. <laughs> you just run him. A whole you know? lot. We've been saying play. it all year. And yeah. you know what? We're talking about Dabo Swinney and um and and uh, Lincoln Riley removing their their star quarterbacks. Lincoln Riley took out Spencer Rattler in back to back Texas games in the first half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He won them yeah. both. Yeah. Dabo took out DJ twice this year and he won them both. Yeah. Um, that that's Win the game. Win the game. Yeah. Who yeah. cares yeah. about ego? Win the game. And yeah. um, you can pat him on the back and give him some Robitussin later, but win the game first. <laughs> yeah. And man, enjoy your time in Vegas. We don't want to see you in a barrel, you know, <laughs> afterward. So uh, I'm going to keep it to five martinis tonight. Come on. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. Have fun, my friend. Hopefully, we'll see you in the offseason, maybe at an NCAA tournament game. But it's always a pleasure to chop it up with you. Yeah, absolutely. Love you guys. Thanks. Take Take care. care, Love you too. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Duck, always great to talk to Dennis Dodd. Uh, He's a a historical figure in in the story of our podcast and uh, just dropping knowledge from Vegas. And, man, I wish I was right there with him because my uh, hand started itching midway through (laughs) that interview. I know you. I know you were looking in the background. See if there are any blackjack tables. I know, I know what drug addicts feel. I know how they feel, Doug. I know how they feel. You were too close. A little I was too- a little bit too close to that fire. So it was good. It was good that it was good that he wasn't doing it from a casino floor. I was about to call my travel agent. You know how I could get. So. I do know it. On second thought. Duck the Alamo Bowl is coming up. The Texas Longhorns or. Man, three and a half point favorites over the 10 and two Washington Huskies. Got to ask you, Duck, who in Vegas is always tugging at the heartstrings of Texas fans? It doesn't really matter if Texas's record is inferior to the opponents. The Horns seem to always be favored. Are they the most favored eight and 14 in the history of college football? I would say probably so. Uh, I don't get it either. Remember, they were favored against TCU. I know. Uh, the number four team in the country yeah. is is a touchdown underdog in Austin. Right. Why? Right. Now, they were favored against K-State, and we were all going, why would that be the case? And, and they worked them. And they worked them. You know, they came back second half. But, yeah, I don't know. This is a good Washington team. I mean, 10 and 2. You know, I was looking up. Uh, they had uh, eight players on the first or second all-pack 12 team. You know, Michael Penix is the second-team quarterback behind Caleb Williams at USC, but they've got a couple really good linemen. they got two good edge rushers, a couple really good receivers on those teams. So, a couple Texas, of really good running backs and Paul Papa and Cam Davis combined for 1,300 yards this year. Yeah. Oh, I Pretty know. Clear it. to Bijan and, and Roshan. And, you know, here's the thing. I always go back to uh, – uh, Sun Bowl when I was there, I forget what year. I think it, I think it may have been Washington when they lost to Washington, like fourteen to seven. Uh, I said, "Well, Daryl, who do you think's going to win?" He said, "I don't know. Tell me who wants to be here the most." Wow, and I've never forgotten that. And it's like Washington probably wants to be here more because you're beating. You got a chance to beat the name brand Texas, and I'm sure Texas wants to win too, but. You know, we know Bijan Robinson probably not going to play. And, you know, this could be a launching 
pad for uh, Washington next year, you know, to be a, a CFP front runner because, you know, they were, I think they were, what, a three-way tie for second uh, yeah. there. They, they beat Oregon. They beat Oregon State. Uh, lost to USC. Didn't play Utah, but they got a lot going for them. Good coach, uh, Kalen DeBoer. Um, Big-time quarterback and Michael Penix Jr., who probably should should have gotten a little bit more Heisman love than he did. I put him, I sent him to New York over Stetson Bennett. I, I do. 4,300 4, yards, 29 touchdowns, only seven picks. Complete. He leads the nation in yards. 66% of his passes. So I, 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 I think he was Heisman worthy. So, um, but that's going to, that might, besides Max Duggan, that is the best quarterback the Texas Longhorns will face this year. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you know, he, he, he tore it up and he's a dual threat guy. He can run. Uh, so yeah, they got all they can handle and something like that. And I think they'll be highly motivated, especially now that Pennock said he's coming back for another year next year. He, he may be the Heisman favorite. He and maybe Drake May next season. Mac Brown's Drake May. Hopefully, Mac will be back to coach him. Um, here's the uh, question I have for you. Um, <laughs> we mentioned Bijan Robbins. Doug, I wrote that he shouldn't play in this game, and he shouldn't. He's tired of watching it. Love me some B. John Robinson. Uh, he is in my top five all time of best favorite athletes to cover at the University of Texas. Uh, he's right there with Drew Stubbs and Rod Babers, Justin Blaylock, uh, Houston Street, Seth Johnston, guys like that who I just enjoy, genuinely enjoy being around. Just a wonderful young man. Um, sweet natured. Um, accountable and 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 a real pro remember duck last year when he dislocated his elbow and was missing that last game and showed up showed up to the kansas game the kansas the kansas state presser and we go you're not playing he goes you know we i knew you guys would want to talk to me i mean who does that in 2021 he tried to put his shoulder back in place and go back into that kansas game it's this is how competitive a guy he is and how much he wants to play. So, I mean, neither one of us think he's going to play, but it's going to kill him a little bit just to be there, you know, watching his guys. You wonder if Rochon's going to play too. Uh, and speaking of that, I mean, this is, this could be a great chance for Sark to look at, you know, Jonathan Brooks and Jaden Blue and some of these younger people. And and how do you think he's going to juggle that? Because, boy, it's a, you get great practices, 15 practices extra. You get the bowl game. But you want to win, you know. His nickname was Seven Win Sark at Washington. He had three straight seven and six seasons. Uh, he's only won nine games in his nine-year career, one other time at USC, and that was a nine and four. So oh, you roasted it. You roasted it's a big game, and uh, why do you think it's so big? Because he's got to he's got to push push all of his chips to the, in the middle of the table and show America and recruits that uh, this this isn't mediocre Texas. This is Texas on the rise. Arch Manning's coming in here. Um, uh, we've got great recruiting classes here, so. You got to show them that, yeah, I'm the guy that's going to move this needle uh, moving forward. When when Texas gets to the to the SEC, Sarkeesian needs them to know that. Oh, I remember I coached in the SEC, and I'm going to have them ready for this. Uh, remember uh, Bijan Robinson's freshman year? 
He didn't play a whole hell of a lot. And, and we had to beg Herman to get him on the field. We had to beg Tom to get him on that field, and then he then he then he showed up and showed out. Was it Colorado, Duck? It was yeah. It was Colorado. He had 183 yards rushing, and and right. that that was his coming out party. We we're like, okay, this guy is going to be great next year. Hopefully, we'll get that from Jonathan Brooks. Bijan Robinson is not going to play in this game. He's not no, going to play in this game. I don't think Roshan Johnson should play in this game. We had a scout tell us that Roshan Johnson's going to go yeah. in the first three rounds. Then why would you play in this? Yeah, game? It, it, it doesn't make any sense for either one of them to play. And, and I understand the fans. You know, they look at it like, oh, "What do you mean it's the team game?" And you're selfish if you don't. You got to look out after yourself because this is their livelihood. This is their professional careers on the line, and and being healthy is paramount to that so you know i think everybody in our business gets it that yeah it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to play because what do you got to prove you got absolutely nothing to prove and you know there may be a part of sark that would love Bijan out there for 20 carries but uh this would be a time to look at the young guys i think and and sark sark's played this game at a high level and he's coached at alabama he knows oh yeah you don't play uh, you're a number. How, when's the last time they had a number one draft pick, Doug? I mean, a first round draft pick. Well, they haven't had an offensive one since Vince Young, I don't it's think. It's VY in 2000 and, 2006. Yeah, six, 2006 spring. So, so you can't you can't ask this kid to play uh, because he blows his knee out. Who's going to make him hold in? No one, yeah. and and no one's going to fault Bijan for not playing because they know that Bijan Robinson is the greatest teammate. Mm-hmm. All of them will, will say he's the greatest teammate they've ever been around. And he embodied what it meant to be a, a student athlete. And uh, now it's time for him to make the best decision for himself and his family. And this is don't don't fall. He's not he's a smart kid. He's not going to fall into that romanticized uh, troll. It's a team game and I want to be here for my guys. You know what? You can be there for your guys uh, in your in your burn orange sweatsuit on the sideline, slapping backs and giving hugs. That's mm-hmm. going to be in the world of them. They don't need you in this game. And if they beat Washington, it's a big deal. But if they lose to Washington, okay, it's not going to be it's not going to be Bijan's fault that they lost because Bijan Robinson's about to be an NFL running back for the next eight or nine years. I tell you who they do need. They do need Quinn Ewers to show up in a big way. And this is a another measuring stick for this guy. You know, I know he's a retro freshman. He only started nine games. He got a six and three record as a starter, but he had a really bad second half of the season. You know, he started great, looked great in that one quarter against Alabama, but you know, you you complete under 60% of your passes and you go over 250 yards just twice in those nine starts. He's got to show something, but I tell you the other thing too, I'd get Malik Murphy in there, you know, the, the, the freshman who's red shirting because it wouldn't hurt, uh, cost him a season of eligibility and, you know, you figure if Arch Manning's going to come and, and redshirt, Murphy's going to be your backup. So I would I would get him some passes. Not just remember Hudson Card played in this game two years ago, and I think he didn't throw a pass. No, he just went in and handed the ball off. Basically, basically that's all he did. So I'd like to see him put Murphy out there and get him, you know, ten, twelve plays, something like get his feet wet, throw a few passes, see what he can do. Well, we both agree Bijan shouldn't play, and we both agree that Sark's got to get both those quarterbacks, got to get those quarterbacks some good work. Um, before we get out of here, 
Texas basketball, that was an ugly loss. Uh, 87, 85-78 in overtime to Illinois. They led for most of that game and then just couldn't hold it. A couple of former Big 12 players, Matthew Meyer and, and uh, TJ Shannon, got after Chris Beard's bunch, and the Horns dropped their first game of the season. They play Arkansas Pine Bluff Friday at the Mood. Um, what is the mood, you think, on that team? Because that's a long way to go to blow a lead against a ranked team. That's the kind of kind of win you need to put in your pocket for the postseason. Well, we both know how Beard works. He wants to win every game, and he's he mentioned we want to be a Monday night program. He he can't go a whole press conference without saying that. So he looks at the big picture always and. You know, that would have been a great RPI win to add on to Creighton and Gonzaga. But, uh, you know, there's not going to be any shame. Illinois picked uh, to finish second in the, in the Big Ten, and, and they're ranked. Brad Underwood's a, a damn good coach, used to be at uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, so, you know, I don't think there'll be any shame because it's an overtime loss on the road, to and he'll get points for scheduling. But it, you're right, it would have been nice to have that in their pocket. And now – we kind of got – I know they got Stanford coming up in, in Dallas, but uh, kind of that low, long slog until they start uh, Big 12 in earnest in January. So, I don't know. It's just – I still – you worry about their shooting. You know, Marcus Carr didn't have the best night. Uh, Timmy Allen had his breakout game of the year with 21 points and would he have eight assists and seven rebounds. But, you know, they didn't get much from Dylan DeSue at all. You know, he did. He wasn't real physical. Dylan uh, Dylan Mitchell didn't play great. Kristen Bishop, okay. So they went small for a lot of that game with with Timmy and Brock. So you know, DeSue and Mitchell and Bishop, they're going to have to play a lot better than that. It was good to see Timmy Allen get engaged. He had twenty one, eight, and seven, and um, he he and he looked good on both ends and uh, was getting his shots. And he was in attack mode. I like to see Timmy Allen not settling for jump shots and getting to the rack. Uh, they just got to figure out the right chemistry. It's going to take a little bit. All these new faces, um, you got to find the right mix that's going to that's going to you know get them where they need to be down the stretches of these games. Because I think that's kind of some deal that he's got to figure out, and it's going to it might take a while. And that's what non-conference is for, Doug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like you did, we didn't mention Jabari Rice, another newcomer that, that they've had, and Tyrese Hunter. I guess he had 10 points. He, I don't know. It's Tyrod, It's Tyrese Hunter's team, I think. Marcus Carr may want it to be his team, and he shoots like it's his team. But, you know, Tyrese Hunter can score and facilitate and play defense, and you got to get a little bit more out of him. But uh, And that's what it'll be. You know, he's got to look at his rotations this month of December before conference play starts. But – you know, if you'd have told Chris Beard you're going to lose one game with that schedule and be ranked, you know, number two in the country, at least till the next poll comes out, I think he probably would have taken that. All day long and twice on Sundays. Um, also, uh, Texas volleyball, two wins away from the Final Four. They yep. get Marquette uh, tonight at, at, at um, Gregory Gym. I mean, not tonight, uh, this afternoon at Gregory Gym, like 1 o'clock, 1 or 2 o'clock. And right. Ohio State and Minnesota are in the other other quarter. So we'll see if Jared gets them back to the Final Four for a, like a 10th time in 16 seasons. That's amazing. 
Yeah, Ohio State, you know, ranked seeded third and Minnesota second. Texas beaten both of those teams this year. So, and you have them at home. They got a great home court advantage. And, you know, we both covered them last week in the first two rounds. And they just, they got so much offense. They have so many weapons, you know, they can come at you in a lot of different directions, which, you know, confuses the other team's defense. So I think both of us are going to be shocked if they don't pull through and win two more to get to Omaha for the final four. Got to get to Omaha. If you know, it'll be baseball, and then and then um, volleyball. It's going to be the second home. And I, Duck, if they make it to Omaha, I think I might be headed headed that way with Daniel Davis. We'll see. I, you need I, to. I think I might be headed that way because uh, it's the only it's the only thing popping postseason wise in the winter. So we'll we'll see about that. That's going to do it for us, Duck. What a great podcast. Dennis Dodd brought it, always brings it, all over the Alamo Bowl, all over B. Sean Robinson's decision, which we believe between us he's already made. For those of you out there thinking he should play, take a look in the mirror and ask yourself, is it worth the money? Uh, Duck, oh, my God. One more thing. Oh, no, 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 no. That's it. Let's let, let's let's shut it down. We could talk forever, but we'll be back. We're taking a brief hiatus because – the duck is going to be off the next two weeks, so we're going we're going to we're going to reconvene pre Alamo Bowl and break down the what's going to be happening down in the Alamo in San Antonio for the duck. Kirk Bowles, I'm Seth Golden. We'll see you next time. Safe holidays. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.